Welcome to GLF Live, a podcast from the Global Landscapes Forum. In this first episode of 2023, we're going to be discussing a beverage that, let's be honest, many people would struggle to function without. No, not beer. We're here to talk about coffee, a commodity that many of us in rich countries take almost for granted, even though it's grown in distant, less developed parts of the world that are already facing severe impacts from climate change. So we're joined today by two leading experts on the coffee industry to take a look at some of the challenges facing our precious brew, and what companies, NGOs, and cooperatives across the global coffee supply chain are doing to make sure it survives. Hi, everyone, and welcome to GLF Live. My name is Gabrielle Lipton, Editor-in-Chief for the Global Landscapes Forum. And today, we're here to unpack what's happening to one of the crops, one of the commodities that is woven through almost all of our lives and routines and habits, and that is coffee. So I'll invite you to start by taking a moment to first think of life without coffee, waking up and not being able to make a cup, no smell, no caffeine jumpstarting your day, no coffee shops to sit in, no instant coffee in hotel rooms, no coffee-flavored desserts, no beautiful coffee landscapes of coffee fields and trees. I'm asking you to go through this short exercise in order to set the tone for the importance of the work that we're going to hear about today, because without the action that's being taken by companies and organizations and producers to actually save coffee and make it more sustainable, it's highly likely that the life without coffee you just imagined could come true, as coffee's survival as a plant species is being put at extreme risk by climate change. So I'm not going to take up any more time here with uncomfortable exercises as we're about to hear a lot about the different actions and interventions being taken across coffee value chains. We have with us here two incredible experts. First is Annette Pincel, Executive Director of the Global Coffee Platform, which she will explain about in just a moment and Nadia Warumwara, Sustainability Director of JDE Peets, one of the world's largest coffee companies, and she also sits as a Global Coffee Platform Board member. So welcome, Annette and Nadia. We're so thankful to have you here with us here today, and thank you for the work that you both are doing. And Annette, I'm going to start with you. If you could please introduce the Global Coffee Platform and tell us a bit about the work that you guys are doing to advance coffee sustainability. Hello, good morning, good afternoon. Um, thank you very much for having us here today and zooming in on coffee. Actually, I don't even want to think more about this exercise that you invited us to do because coffee is such a uh, beautiful uh, uh, beverage that brings people together. And it's also very important for millions of uh, coffee producers, smallholders, many of them in so many parts of the world, in Africa, in Latin America and in Asia. So the global coffee platform is actually working with these uh, different stakeholders, coffee producer organizations, uh, coffee exporters, coffee importers, roasters and retailers, but also NGOs and uh, other organizations who are interested in a thriving and sustainable coffee sector for generations to come. You mentioned some of the challenges that uh, this sector and others are facing, including climate change but also the lack of sufficient income for farmers, working issues and pesticides. 
So there has been the need to actually work better together in the industry, in the sector. And that is why our members created the Global Coffee Platform. The Global Coffee Platform is a multi-stakeholder member association. We work at the global level, bring together uh, the different perspectives, bring together the different ideas on how to solve some of those big shared challenges and then get them into action. And that is why we are not only working at the global level on this convening for impact, but we are also aligning to uh, create concrete, measurable, collective action in coffee producing countries with and through the farmer organizations and their platforms in uh, countries like Brazil or Vietnam or uh, Honduras, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Indonesia. So you see, there is a lot of work already happening. Actually, in the past decades, uh, our members and partners have been doing a lot of work, but it's now time to focus more and to really put farmer prosperity in the, into the center of our work so that we all together and with the many consumers of coffee like myself can continue to uh, enjoy this lovely beverage in a way that it's sustainable and that it's thriving for everybody who is part of this uh, value chain. Thanks so much, Annette, for describing the work of the Global Coffee Platform, which is working on so many challenges across the world, as you said. And one of the things that is interesting is the way that it works at the local level with uh, country platforms and the number of countries that you mentioned, but also at the global level. So highlighting and creating tools and approaches that can make coffee sourcing and coffee producing more sustainable. Uh, so Nadia, turning to you, uh, can you describe a bit how your company, JDE Peets, is using some of these tools, using some of these global coffee platform approaches, and how this works in practical terms for a company such as yours? Thank you, Gabriella. Um, I, I do want to take a moment with your exercise that, as Aneta also just said, makes us very uncomfortable as well at JDE Peets. Uh, we are we know coffee all we do is coffee coffee is 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 our 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 bread and butter coffee is our coffee and if there is no coffee if there are no coffee farmers if we cannot continue to have thriving coffee communities across the world then we will face that situation that you described where it becomes a luxury, it becomes um, a rarity. And we are um, at JDE Pete's fully dedicated. So we have a purpose that we revised recently. And our purpose is very clear. It's about unleashing the potential of coffee for the future. And we need to think about how we do that in various ways and forms. So coming to the GCP, uh, we are an active member of the Global Coffee Platform have been so since uh, the, the, the joining of the Global Coffee Platform was created, uh, building a prior organizations. And for us, the Global Coffee Platform is essential because it is the platform that brings the coffee industry together from the farmer in Kenya and the collector in Vietnam right up to the, the big estate owner in Brazil, and then everybody in between right until the coffee ends on your, in your machine, in your cup, uh, in your instant jar across the board. 
we engage with um, the, coffee, the global coffee platform basically because we're uniting the industry in different tools. One of the biggest tools that you think about that the global coffee platform has really, you know, recently released after lots of work of aligning multi-stakeholder engagement, uh, you know, speaking to everybody at all kinds of conferences in country at this level on this part of the world is the global is the coffee sustainability reference code. And it starts with that because now finally, as an industry, we have a common language on what sustainable coffee production looks like for the world, for us to all align and say, this is where we want to be. This is what sustainable coffee production looks like. And with this, we can start addressing the challenges that you've raised, climate change, prosperity of farmers, um, pesticides and everything else that was raised in there. Did you, did you, I'm trying to wonder what else was I supposed to answer in your question? Was that what you're looking for? I think that is a really nice segue into my next question um, and to pull on some of the words you just said, uh, bringing the coffee industry together. And you mentioned one tool that the global coffee platform has been working so hard on. Um, so this sector-wide alignment, this coffee, this common language for how to address coffee sustainability, why is that so important? It is it is important because we all have one beverage. It may be grown differently in different places. It may have different types of producers. It may have different production systems. But at the end of the day, it is this one beverage that we all love dearly. And we are collectively facing the same challenges. And the way the reference code is built is really across three pillars, uh, economic, social, and environmental pillars. And those are the things that agricultural commodities across the world are facing in different ways. And what the Global Coffee Platform has done is to drill down, I don't even want to call it a baseline, even though we often refer to it as a baseline, it is not a baseline. It is where if we don't start addressing these issues, if we don't have a collective understanding, this is what we need to address at, 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 this, at the environmental level, at the social level and at the economic level, we will not be able to move forward. So you know, just basically putting it down as a common language and everybody can aspire to do more. So you may have a gold standard, you may have a platinum standard that derives from this. You may have different practices that focus more on the social or on the environmental. But what we all align is that this basic uh, reference for coffee sustainability is aligned across the industry. And that is really, really important. And that begins to drive us into understanding more data requirements, reporting requirements. We have similar KPIs that we can report against. When we put in programs in place to address these issues, we will be putting in those programs against metrics that are clearly defined for the industry. So that is really, really important that we have that. Thank you, Nadia. Aneta, you've been deeply entrenched in the process of developing the sustainability reference code. Could you also speak to this a little bit? Um, yeah, just echoing what Nadia said, uh, you know, like the, the it, it is an alignment tool. It is a something very practical that the sector hasn't had like for many years. And our members uh, urged us, you know, like from coffee producers uh, 
down to the to the uh, roasters and retailers that uh, Nadia now represents on the roasting side, you know, like having really a better understanding, a common language is really key because that then helps to uh, align towards collective action and towards more measurement that really shows performance and impact. That's a challenge for all the uh, agricultural commodity systems because at the end of the day, we would like to see thriving farming communities and a very healthy uh, industry overall that, uh, you know, like makes uh, coffee also part of our choices in the future, but in ways and forms that it can give back to nature, that it can help to uh, address and overcome some of the challenges that we are seeing from uh, climate change. Uh, there is a lot of work already going on. Um, it is uh, further much more work needed. But I'm very uh, happy that uh, our members and actually even other stakeholders, even on the government side, on the public side, are very interested in working with uh, the this reference code and other related tools. We've built an equivalence uh, mechanism that allows different sustainability standards and, and schemes to be basically uh, validated, uh, at least in line with that uh, reference code. And that allows also um, industry uh, coffee uh, roasters like JDE Peets and many others to also share more of uh, their own progress in a very transparent and aligned way. We call this the collective reporting Uh, on coffee sustainable uh, on sustainable coffee purchases that's another tool that we are providing to our members in the broader industry to actually get more information about trends and about uh, you know like having a positive uh, encouragement for more sustainable coffee demand and more sustainable coffee production so that there is uh, a good uh, continuous improvement cycle being accelerated in our industry At the end of the day, if it doesn't work for the coffee uh, farmers, for the many families who are actually doing the hard work to get us this lovely beverage every day, we have a challenge for the future. And we need to overcome that and therefore work work together, not only with these global tools that we've been talking about, but also with very concrete um, programs in coffee producing countries. So that goes hand in hand uh, in our work. And Nadia spoke to that as well. Thank you, Aneta. And it's super commendable that you are able to create this, um, this common framework for coffee across the industry, because I know it's not easy to create that alignment with so many stakeholders and so many actors. So it's really incredible that you guys have put that together and are putting it into action. So going forward in this conversation, uh, the next question, I want to tie back actually to the title of this event itself, how is collective action protecting the future of coffee? And I want to dive into that term collective action a bit more. Now, Nadia, JDE Peets works across many countries in coffee. Could you tell us um, and perhaps share a few examples of how collective action on coffee sustainability is taking shape in the countries in which you're working? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So when I think of collective action, I think of us as an industry. I think of um, systemic issues or country-specific issues that surely should not be on the burden should not be the burden of the of the of the farmer to address on on, on their own. Um, neither is it 
a question of pointing fingers, uh, you know, it's JDE Pizza's role, it's the trader's role, or it's the government's role. And if we truly want to move towards a thriving coffee sector that can survive uh, the threats of climate change and all of the other issues that we're seeing right now, then we need to pull together and address these challenges together. These are, you know, gone are the days when we talked about competitive initiatives. This is truly pre-competitive where we all work together. And thanks to the Global Coffee Platform, uh, you know, when you think about it, it really all ties in together. You have the, 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 the reference code that is a common language. We have metrics that clearly define how you can demonstrate progress. Progress of what? Progress to address those very issues that we see are uh, occurring in the supply chain, in the specific countries, from a local perspective. So we have really been drivers and passionately engaged with the Global Coffee Platform Collective Action Initiatives from the very first ones that were created. I believe it was in Brazil when we started and we were looking at the issue of um, safe use of agrochemical handling for the workers on, on coffee estates. And very shortly, this small collective action grew in size, included um, agrochemical companies joining, other roasters joining, suppliers across the across the value chain joining the farmers of course themselves workers on the farms getting access to tools and and techniques of how to safely apply you know agrochemicals uh, store them you know all kinds of training uh, you know data and apps it, that was the beginning that was where we started and you know we always say if you want things to work start in brazil and then you can cascade in other places and today jd Pete is participating in manette let me try and think four of their running collective action initiatives so two in brazil one in vietnam and a very recent one that is very close to my heart in uganda and the beauty of these things is really we all sit together, regardless of who is participating in it, whether it's the local government, whether it's a roaster, whether it's the farmers and the community, and we define what we want to achieve through this program. What, you know, how do we design the program that it is actually relevant for those farmers, for that supply chain? How do we define progress? How do we define KPIs? How do we actually get the right partners on the ground? Because we have to remember, GCP is not going to implement this on their own. GCP is the convening body that brings everybody together through the local national platforms, through other stakeholders. So how do we get everybody to come together? And again, this is something that is proven through the Global Coffee Platform. that They can act as this convener to address priority issues, bring everybody together, let's put the money where it's needed, and actually start doing important work. So we're really happy to be part of these and uh, I look forward to many more of these because I think there's true impact that can be reached at scale. Thank you so much for illustrating um, some of the examples of what you're accomplishing on the ground and just the amount of effort it takes to really um, embody what collective action means. Uh, Aneta, as Nadia mentioned, the Global Coffee Platform is the embodiment of collective action. Could you say a few words on this as well? 
Um, that, I, I can just fully agree uh, on that. You know, like it needs uh, alignment, it needs convening, but like at the end of the day, we are here to serve our members and the, the local stakeholders in coffee producing countries, be it from the public, from the private side, the farmers, to enable this collective action to happen so that we can together really move the needle on farmer prosperity and sustainability. You know, like that's the big picture. We want to really change the lives of millions of coffee farmers. We have set a target for 2030, um, you know, like to work uh, with at least 1 million farmers, improving uh, farmer prosperity through a very holistic package of sustainability services that also addresses climate change and working conditions, uh, some of the issues that Nadia mentioned. But that requires new forms of collaboration. And we call that collective action. There are many embodiments in our work where this collective action is actually becoming real, becoming tangible, but we need to do more. So, so there is very much this drive for bigger change that is lasting. And these collective action initiatives that Nadia spoke about is basically a new model of programmatic work where we have consciously with the members, with trying out in Brazil and then uh, in other countries as well with the local stakeholders, trying to think, you know, like how can we avoid this project mentality that, you know, like there are fantastic projects that during the lifetime of the funding and the running of the project deliver good results. But often what we see in uh, our partnering countries is that after the lifetime of the project, you know, like the, the change doesn't stick because it's not being incorporated in the local systems. It's not being incorporated in the extension systems, uh, Krama extension systems. It's not being connected with uh, research and development of local research organizations. It's not being connected with the daily work of uh, agronom agronomic uh, experts from uh, the cooperatives, from the exporters, from uh, NGOs who, who work with farmers on a daily basis. So how can we address that? And the, the, the way these uh, collective action initiatives from TCP side are being created is to address that, uh, let's say, that, that the, the, in, in the way the, the, it's being implemented, that we work with and through the local structures. That is more cumbersome. To be honest, it takes time, but we've learned to basically build that model and adapt it to each and every situation, to each and every challenge that uh, is supposed to be addressed. And um, it's very encouraging to see the results coming out of uh, out of those activities and, and, and programs. It takes time. So these uh, collective action initiatives that we have usually take four, five, four or five years. But uh, as Nadia said, uh, one of the next steps is now to be much more consistent in the way we measure uh, those changes, those performances uh, that are coming out of those, and then aggregate and provide snapshots uh, of the change over time. And that in itself then uh, spurs and inspires a continuous improvement cycle that uh, actually in many countries, to a certain extent, that is already happening. But we would like to get that into scale and increase efficiencies then for our members so that there can be actually also competition on who creates the best impact based on this collective foundational work. Then rally the industry in terms of, you know, like who who is able to, to move the needle. 
uh, going forward in, in this collective ways. So we're very excited with their work, but actually there's so much more work to be done. We're working with uh, many partners uh, to be able to then expand uh, the reach and uh, to, yeah, make sure that coffee farmers, the sons and daughters of coffee farmers as well, see a future in coffee uh, with good income, uh, a respected uh, uh, profession, and then also try out uh, some innovations on the way uh, while uh, continuing to produce sustainable coffee for the future. Thank you, Annette. While you were talking, I just kept coming back to the word sustainability in my mind and what you were saying just really embodies that, you know, having, creating coffee production that sustains beyond the life of a project, that sustains beyond a generation, but is truly sustainable because it's entrenched in the workings of a local environment. So thank you for sharing that work. So we're going to wrap up here in just a moment, and I'd like to end on uh, a note about the future. So what can we look for in the next year, five years, or 10 years to come, the work of sustainable coffee? Uh, could you both uh, briefly share a short glimpse of what we can expect in the years to come for coffee? Perhaps, Nadia, we can start with you again. Yeah, I think um, the future is, is is purposeful uh we have a clear mission and a purpose to really make sure we unleash and protect the future of coffee uh and this includes making sure we work we we have this rich diversity of coffee origins that that we have today that we can continue to safeguard that for the future and not rely on just a few origins um and and it's and it's simple. The reason why we need that is because that very beverage that we all love has different taste profiles and blends and richness that we need from all of the origins that are out there. And so we need to continue to to foster that rich diversity. I think the other key uh, future aspect is we need to now more than ever continue to focus on this word, and it's been said very often, it's continuous improvement. The work is not done. It will never be done. Uh, and if it is, then I'll be super happy because then I'm out of a job. But continuous improvement is the way to go. You know, it, it, the, the landscapes are constantly changing. You look at the way the, the regulations are moving um, with regards to legislation. Uh, consumer demands are increasing. Um you know, what's happening in countries of origin is also changing. So we need to constantly address these issues. So with a continuous improvement mindset that is really oriented towards action, action, purpose, continuous improvement. And as JDE Peets, uh, we are well on our way towards that. Our targets have been as clear and have never been as sharp as they are right now. Uh, with regards to our responsible sourcing targets, our farmer commitment targets, our climate targets. And, you know, all of this is driven by science and data, but at the same time, looking at people and the planet. And those people are the coffee farmers and protecting our planet for the future. So very exciting and really important that we have the right partners with us along this journey. And I look and I and I thank Annette for the leadership that go, the global coffee platform has put out to bring the, the, the industry together. So yeah, excited. 
Thank you, Nadia. And Netta, what about you? What are your thoughts for the future? The future looks good, but we need more urgency. So I want to throw out, just to compliment what Nadia said, um, which is very much aligned with what uh, the, the mission of their global coffee platform is. The future is a future where we achieve sustained farmer prosperity, improved well-being on the social side and conservation of nature where this uh, the, the, this lovely beverage can be produced in harmony with people and nature and actually continue to make many, many more coffee consumers uh, happy and bring people together. And for that, we need to step up, we need to create more sense of urgency, build the trust, you know, like um, get, get going on collective action more than individual competitive action, which is also needed, but do more intentional co-investing, co-laborative work um, that can bring us that collective impact that we are all longing for. I'm very positive about uh, the latest developments uh, within the GCP membership, uh, within uh, the network of country platforms that we're working with, but actually goes beyond the countries that we've been mentioning. So the future is uh, urgency, focus, trust, scale, and bringing that collective action with measurable results uh, to inspire further continuous improvement and, um, yeah, achieve uh, a, the sector to be a very attractive uh, professional option for many, many more generations to come as well. So I'm positive about the leadership that our members and uh, then the partners in the coffee producing countries are putting out there. Um, because we believe at the end of the day, as members of the Global Coffee Platform, members believe that sustainability is a shared responsibility. And uh, the next years to come will make will allow us to manifest that in many more tangible ways. Exciting times ahead. And we invite everybody to learn more and to be part of that journey. Thank you so much, Anetta. And I'll just take this moment to thank you both again for the work that you're both doing in your, your different capacities. And I've learned so much about in this conversation about not only what the future of coffee looks like, um, but also just the amount of thought and action and effort at all scales it takes to produce a single cup. And as a coffee lover myself, I'm just grateful that that action is being taken. Uh, so thank you both again for making the time in your days to share with us uh, the immense complexity that it takes to produce one of our most beloved crops. And thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to this conversation and hopefully we'll walk away with a bit more gratitude for that ne next sip of coffee you take as well. So thank you both again and I wish you a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us on GLF Live. If you liked what you heard today, join us live this Thursday, the 12th of January, for our first live conversation of the year, where we'll be exploring where we stand with forest restoration in 2023. That discussion will be live streamed on our YouTube channel, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, which you'll find via the link in the description. In case you can't make it, we will also be publishing it as a podcast episode in two weeks' time on the 24th of January, so do keep an eye out for that. On that note, we will now be releasing podcast episodes every two weeks rather than weekly, and we have some huge plans for the podcast this year that we're super excited to share with you very soon. So as always, leave us a rating, write us a review, and for everything you need to know about landscapes, ecosystems, and climate change, 
check out our website at globallandscapeforum.org. We'll see you on the next one.